New on Curiosity Stream. Grab your lab goggles. We're out to find the world's coolest, loudest, and most in-your-face experiments. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. See how hands-on science can change our everyday lives on oddly satisfying science. Plus, from goats to guard dogs, hear surprising stories about the creatures that brought humanity to the next level. It's animals that changed history. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are twenty dollars, just a dollar sixty-seven a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Hi, my name is Cora, and I work in a coma ward on a military base. This base is highly secretive, so I will not include any details about it mostly because I don't know them myself. All I know is that it was built in the forest near my hometown three years ago, and I've worked there ever since. This was my first LPN job ever, so I was extremely surprised when I got the email that they were interested in hiring me. Nevertheless, it was $45 an hour, so I certainly am not complaining. That is, until recently the patients started talking to me. It started out with just direct messages into my head. I was assigned to go to a patient named Paul, who had just been pronounced brain dead. He was to be euthanized in the morning and I had to clean him up. I'm not brain dead, came a small voice next to my ear. I looked around but confirmed it was just me and Paul in the room. I'm still sentient, please, don't let them kill me. Freaked out. I ran out of the room and reported it to the charge nurse, Jackson. He gave me a funny look and then told me to take the rest of the day off. I pleaded with Jackson to have a look at the body, and but he just kept shaking his head. Paul was let off the plug ten hours later. I know exactly when it happened, because right beforehand I heard his voice in my head. They're about to kill me. I wish you could have saved me. After that I made a vow to always take the voices seriously. Most of the time it was just mild requests. TV is too loud, could you turn it down? It's a little cold, could you get me a blanket? Eventually, however, they got progressively more angry, sometimes even violent. It was as if the patient's moods were in sync. Hurry up washing me, you bitch. When I wake up, I'm gonna beat the hell out of you. Then one day, Trevor woke up. Trevor was a 30-year-old man who had been in a coma for the past year. I'd gotten a couple of death threats from him. When he first woke up, he had trouble talking, but he could respond to people's voices by blinking once for yes, twice for no. As soon as I heard this news, I went into his room alone. Do you know who I am? I asked. He blinked. Have you been communicating with me? Blink. I took a deep breath and put his medicine down on the drawer next to him. Are you being serious when you threaten to kill me? Blink. Would you try to kill me if you got your strength back? Blink. Why? As soon as I asked the question, my whole vision changed, and I was no longer next to his bedside. Now I was watching Trevor's memory as it played out in front of me. This memory took place in a hospital room, with Trevor lying in bed. Across from him sat an old man in a suit and tie. Unfortunately, Trevor, the bacteria is still well alive in your body. Please, let me see my family, Trevor said in a hoarse, high-pitched voice. I never wanted this done to me. You know we can't do that, Trev, the old man said, as a couple of doctors enter the room with Nurse Jackson. Any word of this gets out, our asses are all on the line. I'm sorry. 
After he said that, Jackson held Trevor down and injected him with something into the arm, causing him to pass out immediately. We'll take it from here, Mr. Delano, said one of the doctors. We're going to put him in a medically induced coma for a while, just to study the progression of the disease. Don't worry, he won't survive. After he said that, the whole scene changed, and I was back to the present standing next to Trevor's bed. Wait, so they purposely got you sick and you think I'm working with these people? I asked. Blink. Well, I'm not. I'm just an LPN they hired. I had no idea this was happening. After I said this, Trevor's facial expression shifted from anger to shock. Do all the patients in this ward have the same disease? Blink. Is it airborne? Can it spread to me? He blinked twice. Are you psychic? Blink. Am I psychic? Blink. Our conversation was interrupted by Nurse Jackson coming into our room. Cora, what's taking you so long? He asked. Sorry, I said and quickly administered his medication. I decided I needed to investigate this further. After my shift ended that day, I contacted a psychic medium in the area for private lessons. She taught me how to access my powers, for both mind reading and communication. With enough practice, I was able to ask people questions in their mind without them realizing that I was doing it. The next day I stood next to Dr. Peters in the elevator and followed him for as long as I could without seeming suspicious. What are you doing to these people? I asked telepathically. We infected them with a new experimental strain of bacteria. It affects both the cardiovascular and central nervous systems and can cause the patient to die of a stroke or heart attack. It is gram-negative and extremely hard to test for. Why are you doing this? I asked. The government is researching it as a means of biochemical warfare. Since it's not airborne, we can kill specific people without affecting those around them. And since it's so hard to test for, we can get away with it. Is it curable? I asked. Your body's immune system can fight it off on its own. That's why we've been making the LPNs administer a new dose into the patients every day. How do the LPNs administer a new dose of the bacteria into the patients? I asked telepathically. We created fake medication for each patient. That is actually just a living dose of the bacteria. It's always the third medication listed on the MAR. We label it as something else for each patient. After this, I stopped infecting the patients with the third medication. For Trevor, that was just Advil. The voices started up again, but this time they were happier. My pain has stopped, they would say. I feel so much better now. I was happy at first. I only got suspicious when I noticed that their symptoms didn't match what they were saying. They would claim they weren't in pain, but would have elevated heart rates. They would claim to be warm, but their body temperature was too low. The deaths started a couple of weeks later. The official cause of death was different for each patient, and the other staff started getting suspicious. Indeed, I was too. Shouldn't I have made them better? Why were they dying more now? Before I could think about what to do, I got called into Jackson's office, where I saw three police officers. Cora, do you have anything you want to tell me? He asked in a disappointed tone. How much do you know? I asked him using my psychic powers, but for some reason he didn't respond. Um, no, I said in an unconvincing tone. Cora, 
We've been finding patient medication in the garbage bins of the patients that have been dying prematurely. We started checking the bins before and after each med administration. We know it's you. I just sat there looking at him in shock. Why do you do it, Cora? I had no choice but to tell the truth. I know about the bacteria. I know what you've been up to. Trevor told me. What the hell are you talking about? Trevor? Trevor can't answer anything but yes or no questions. He put the message directly into my brain, I said on the verge of tears. Jackson rolled his eyes and then motioned to the police officers. You're immediately fired from this facility and are facing criminal charges. I suggest you get a lawyer. The police booked me and brought me to the station where I had to give my testimony. I was allowed one phone call, which I used to contact a psychic medium. Hello, who is this? She asked. Hey, it's Cora. I need you to answer something for me real quick. Is it possible to hear fake thoughts with your psychic powers or see fake visions? I asked. The only time when that happens is when someone else is manipulating you. It would have to be someone with very strong psychic powers and lots of time to practice them. But yes, it is possible for them to put fake visions in your head and read fake thoughts from other people, even when they're not around you. Would someone in a coma be able to practice their psychic powers a lot? I asked hesitantly. Oh, absolutely. In general, less physical ability tends to heighten your spiritual abilities. It's like a balance of all things. The first day of my trial, Trevor was called to testify. He was able to talk now, although his voice was still small and weak. I learned a lot about Trevor from my defense attorney. Apparently, when he was in the military, he was accused of multiple homicides. It seemed like everywhere he was stationed, people around him started dying. But he was never convicted due to lack of evidence. Eventually, the wife of one of his suspected victims got angry and shot him, which is what landed him in the coma. While I was on the stand, I looked up at him in court. A smile slowly spread on his face. You're so damn stupid, he said to me telepathically. And I'm currently in prison, with charges of first-degree murder. I managed to write this by offering, uh, favors one of the prison guards in exchange for using his phone. I'm writing this to warn all of you of the dangers of psychic powers. Do not trust everything you hear. Get ready for the smartest bundle in streaming. Six streaming services for the intellectually curious. Featuring Curiosity Stream with the best collection of documentary films and TV shows. Psalm TV and great stories from the world of wine. Taste Made for the fun side of food and travel. Topic with the best thrillers and crime stories. And so much more. From nature to history, technology to food, mystery to adventure. Get six streaming services for one low price. At less than $6 a month, it's the best deal in streaming. Learn more and sign up now at smartbundle.com.